This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a multifamily and self-storage real estate investor. If you want to learn more, just go to investwithtaylor.com. Today, we are having a conversation about accredited investor status, what it is, what it does for you as an investor, what it means, and how the definition is changing over time. So first off, let's talk about why accredited investors status is important and or what it does for investors, what it enables you to do. So accredited investor status allows you to invest in a wider range of private placement investments. In the real estate syndication space, we're typically talking about 506B and 506C offerings under Regulation D. You can look up more about those individual types of offerings. 506C allows an unlimited number of accredited investors to invest in any given deal. 506B allows an unlimited number of accredited investors and up to 35 non-accredited investors. So note that non-accredited investors only have access to 506B deals and each 506B deal can only take up to 35 non-accredited investors. It's also important to bear in mind that sponsors are not obligated to take non-accredited investors into their 506B deals. And many sponsors who do 506B deals choose not to. But as far as the passive investor is concerned, being accredited gets you access to a lot more deals. Great. Makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about what accredited investor status is, at least as it stands today. And for those of you on YouTube, joining us on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen here and just read a few things from the Securities and Exchange Commission or the SEC. So the accredited investor definition historically was just based or primarily based around a couple of financial criteria. They're up here on the screen. You had to either have a net worth of $1 million, excluding the equity in your primary residence. And that can be either individually or combined with your spouse or partner. Or you could pass an income test. The income test requirements were for an individual, you have to have over $200,000 in income. Or for a married couple, you have to have over $300,000 in each of the prior two years and with the reasonable expectation that you would meet that $300,000 or $200,000 for the current year. So you have to have a trend of earning a certain amount and that trend has to continue into the future. There are also several professional criteria or, or tests that you can take that would help you meet the accredited investor definition. So let's say you don't have the net worth or income required. Well, you can still meet the requirements by holding certain securities licenses. They're up here on the screen. It's either the Series 7, the Series 65, or the Series 82 licenses. There are a few other ways to qualify as accredited investor that kind of goes along the lines of being part of a high net worth or high value family office or uh, executive offer, off, officers 
directors or general partners of the community selling these securities count as accredited investors, most folks don't fall under those criteria. So when you're talking about becoming an accredited investor for the vast majority of people, at least as it stands today, they're look, looking at either qualifying by net worth, by income, or potentially through one of those professional qualifications. There are services out there that are a little bit uh, tailored toward getting folks to hold those professional certifications just to meet the accredited investor definition. We're not covering those today. There's a relatively new and somewhat untested uh, ways of meeting the accredited investor definition. But you know, since those are untested, it's it's a little unproven, not really tried yet, maybe a little bit shady. So a lot of folks aren't really willing to take that step to just take the test to become accredited solely for the sake of becoming accredited. But they might not have to. The U.S. House has recently passed a bill, and for those on YouTube, you can see it up on the video here. Uh, this was passed back in mid-March of 2023, this year, the Accredited Investor Definition Review Act. Just to uh, read off the bill summary here off of congress.gov, you can look this up for yourselves. It's H.R. 1579 from the 118th Congress. This bill revises who may be considered an accredited investor for purposes of participating in private offerings of securities. Certain unregistered securities may only be offered to accredited investors. Specifically, the bill allows the Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, discretion in determining what certifications, designations, or credentials investors must possess for purposes of investor protection, provided that the credentials are at least as broad as the existing regulations. Additionally, the SEC must review these credentials every five years. So this is interesting because when you really get into the bill, there seems to be some indication that the House is pushing the SEC to provide additional exams or certifications that non-accredited investors could take in order to qualify. So that's one option if you don't meet the definition right now in terms of net worth or income. Hey, maybe you could go take one of these tests that the House is pushing the SEC to put out there to become accredited. So that's great. And I think a really interesting part of this is that provided that the credentials are at least as broad as the existing regulations. So there was some talk last year in 2022 and back in 2021 about what if the SEC actually makes the definition of accredited investor tighter? and they increase the requirements for net worth and or income. The conversations that were around that were frankly a, a little bit troubling in that a lot of the folks who were having that conversation were suggesting that the SEC should increase those numbers based on inflation or mark them up in some way so that the vast majority of accredited investors who meet the definition today would not meet the definition after the new criteria were passed. We're talking somewhere along the lines of net worths north of $10 million, I heard suggested, or incomes north of a million. 
a year, which severely restricts that requirement, increasing it from million dollar net worth to $10 million net worth. Well, you've cut off a lot of people. So the house is pushing the SEC to keep the definition at least as broad as it is today, if not broader, which is fantastic because they're giving folks additional ways to qualify and meet these requirements. I think another interesting advantage of having passed an exam and or had some kind of certification to get you accredited investor status boils down to the intricacies or the deep details of a 506C syndication and what a sponsor is required to do in that case. So sponsors or people offering securities under 506C are required to have a third party, uh, independent third party verify the accredited investor status of any individual investing in the deal. And there are a lot of ways to do that. Investors can get letters from their CPAs attesting to their accredited investor status. There are also quite a few technology companies that have cropped up that will dig into investors' personal personal financials and confirm their accredited investor status. And you know, frankly, a lot of investors find that process just kind of a pain uh, when you have to provide all that information to a third party. It can be a, a bit of a headache. And even though you meet the qualifications, you still have to prove that you meet the qualifications to this third party and potentially reprove it over and over again. If you don't have a letter from your CPA, just add some headache. Whereas in principle, if the SEC provides some kind of a, a test that you can take that, assuming it's not too complicated or expensive to take, an accredited investor who already meets the definition based on net worth or income or some other criteria could, in principle, take the test and just have that certification on hand so that when they want to invest in a 506c deal where they need to prove that they're an, accre an accredited investor, well, they could just hand over their certificate having passed whatever test the SEC puts out there instead of having to provide all of this personal financial information that at worst, they might not want to hand over or just at best, it's just kind of a headache to compile and give to a third party. So that is something to consider, even if you meet the definition of accredited investor, if these certifications, these tests are put out there and you're kind of tired of dealing with the third party to prove that you're accredited, well, maybe in the future, it'll make sense to take one of these tests to just have that certificate on hand so that you can just hand over that certification in some way, tell them, here, here's where you can look up and confirm that I have this certification. We don't need to go through the whole headache of you know, proving my income or net worth or anything like that. And provides could provide a little bit more privacy, and just ease of investing in these deals. But for those who don't qualify as accredited today, if we do get more ways, more tests that you can take to qualify as an accredited investor, hey, I see that as an overall positive. Gives you more options, more things that you can invest in, but with the hurdle of, okay, you have to prove to the SEC or whatever go governing body ultimately puts this test out there that you understand the risks of private placement investments. So I see it as a net positive. It's great to see that the House is taking an active interest in this. I also 
am, am glad to see that they're not looking at narrowing the definition of accredited investor. They want it at least as broad as it is today. Very positive signs, very positive signs for the real estate syndication space and just great for non-accredited investors who want to expand their options in the private placement real estate space. I started out as a non-accredited investor many years ago. I am accredited today, but when I wasn't, it was a bit of a headache when you have fewer things that you can invest in. It's just there's more hoops you have to jump through and fewer sponsors that you can work with, and they have a limited number of slots that they can bring you in anyway in a 506B deal. So, you know, trust me, I understand uh, how big of a pain it is when you're not accredited to find good opportunities that you want to invest in and to get in when there are still slots available. It's just easier when you're accredited, in my opinion, my personal experience investing in the private placement real estate space is just easier when you're accredited and it looks like there will be more options on the way soon. I want to thank you guys for joining in with me today, having this conversation about accredited investor status. If you'd like to reach out and get in touch with me, just go to investwithtaylor.com, take the steps on there. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider, please do take a moment and leave us a rating and review on that platform on Apple Podcasts. I really do appreciate it. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And you know what? I see your ratings and reviews, and it gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling every single time. If you are joining us on YouTube, Thanks for tuning in. Hit subscribe, hit the thumbs up, and join us in the future for more conversations about building wealth on Main Street and escaping Wall Street. Catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. We'll see you soon.